Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 26th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I am Anna Marie. And we are recording this on Family Day weekend out here in BC, Canada. Yeah, nice day to, to spend with the family. It's pretty, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, and uh, the, the boys are upstairs playing Nintendo while we do this. So, <laughs> And then gonna, we can play games after. <laughs> yeah, we'll get through this recording, then we're going to be playing board games the rest of the day. Um, but yeah, it's... This new holiday is a blessing. Oh my gosh. Because so nice. it was so long in between New Year's and Easter before it was like, could be three months sometimes. Oh yeah. Well, this year Easter is at the end of April. Yeah. So closer been... to the end of April. So if we like January 1st into the end of April is a long yeah. stretch. So it's so. super cool that BC has adopted this holiday and allowed us to do this. But yeah, we're going to start this episode off with new to the collection and we have a game each to talk about. What one did you want to talk about, Anna-Marie? I wanted to talk about Radlands. Um, this one designed by Daniel Piechnik, art by Manny Tremblay, Damien Mamoliti, and Mr. Cuttington. And for those of you who don't know, it's pretty cool. Mr. Cuttington is a husband and wife duo a team out of uh, mm. Quebec, out of Canada. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and published by Roxley Games. So this is a two-player game. Takes looks like it takes about twenty to forty minutes. Fourteen yeah. plus because you know the content and the graphics. I think could be a little bit, a little bit much. Yeah, because it's like uh, post-apocalyptic yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, it's a competitive dueling card game um, where you're you're um, using people and event cards to protect your last three remaining camps from a vicious rival tribe. So it's post post-apocalyptic tooth and nail fight. They call it. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm really excited to play this. Um, I saw this first uh, Z again, um, had it on the Dice Tower and um, was showing it. And it just, I loved right away the vibrancy of it. Mm -hmm. The cover was pretty cool. It's very stark. It's just like black on white with like the uh, little blue on one side, pink on the other highlighting. That's terrible description. I'm sorry, but it's a really cool. um, Blues, purples, pinks with black and white. But it, it stands out really, really oh, nicely. And, and so the art drew me in right away. And um, and just like a, a nice dueling card game. Typically with the post-apocalyptic games, having trouble with that one today, um, they're usually on a big board and you're um, it's almost like area control and you're trying to take yeah. everything over. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is just a dueling card game. So I was very intrigued by that and I'm really excited to to give this one a try yeah i agree the second i saw the artwork on it i thought wow this looks cool yeah so. it's got 2021 on the box but it just came for us to canada in 2022 so yep. it's a 2022 so for us, game for us it's a 2022. <laughs> you're gonna hear that a lot yeah <laughs> but everything is late for canada so yeah that is what it is it is what it is it'll be fun for us this year yeah and <laughs> a game i uh wanted to talk about that we just got yesterday as well and the same shipment was ultra uh, designed by Antoine Bauza and John Grumpf, and artwork by Vincent Dutrait, and published by Studio H. This game, um, we only just ordered, um, only like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it wasn't very long ago. It was on the pre-order, and I, we, I guess we got in on the, like, I guess there was one or two games left on the pre-order, and we got we got to snag one, so it yeah. arrived, and yeah, here it is. So, I didn't know much about this one, other than... I was just looking through the BGG uh, page for it, and it looked just cool. It just looked, I don't know, just neat. So I like, <laughs> I, like, I like the components, I like the artwork, and I like the theme. But let's on the back of the box, it says, The Empire is no more, and the land is plunged into a dark age. However, one imperial tradition remains. From within their fortresses and strongholds, the rangers tirelessly pursue their lifelong mission, protecting the inhabitants of the realm, explore the wilderness, unite communities, fight monsters, and recover ancient treasure so that one day hope may be reborn. Now it's your turn to join the ranks of the rangers, Ultra. I think that's how it's pronounced anyway. Yeah. It's just, it's neat though because it, yeah, it it seems like everything is kind of in despair and ruin and it's not, it it just seems like a bleak existence except these um, rangers keep trying to or they they just keep doing good and keep trying yeah, they're to doing bring their best to, hope and stuff and yeah keep things together yeah. right just looks neat looks the artwork looks cool the components look cool there's little like uh wooden uh meeples but they're like all uh like uh laser 
Oh, nice. Laser printed, printed yeah. And they look really, really nice. Everything looks, yeah, quality looks great. Of course, the Vincent you say, Detroit artwork is awesome. You and say Antoine, Ranger, and I think always like Aragorn, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It always, like, oh, it's going to be a I think cool it's kind of what's going on here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you were talking Vincent Detroit. Yeah, the artwork just looks awesome. So that instantly drew me in. And, uh, and Bowza, as a designer, really like as well. So I don't know. The game looked cool. And uh, so we jumped on it. And we'll play this one soon, I guess. Maybe do a review. Well, actually, I think both these games will be getting reviews done of them. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so you'll probably be hearing more about these two games in the next couple months, I would imagine, on our podcast here. I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I think that's it for new to the collection. We can run on over to our crowdfunding segment because we have a game that we really thought looked cool over there. Mm -hmm. So let's go talk about it. then here we are at our crowdfunding segment and today we're going to talk about the game Seas of Havoc and this is designed by Sebastian Bernier Wong and Peter Gorniak art by Nebest Zitro and published by Rock Manor Games this is currently on Kickstarter and yeah, it just looks cool. So what this is, it's a pirate game when it comes down to it. Right off the bat. Yes. So I it's a pirate, pirate game games. and you're the, the the gist of it here is that you're you're commanding ships and you're driving around in the sailing around, I suppose. <laughs> in the uh, in the ocean and you're just blasting each other with cannons and picking up Looking treasure. Looking for treasure. And, yeah. So yeah. that's that's generally what's going on here. But from the BGG page it says, in Seas of Havoc, players take on the role of a unique captain of a ship in a naval combat game where players are competing for the most renown. Players can gain renown by discovering shipwrecks and battling it out on the high seas. The game is split in between a combat phase on the high seas and an island phase where players send out their skiffs to worker placement uh, worker placement areas to gain resources, improve their decks, repair and upgrade their ship. During the combat phase, players will play out... A hand of cards to maneuver their ship, navigating obstacles, searching for shipwrecks, and firing cannons at their opponents. Multi-use cards offer options as the battle unfolds, and card bonuses reward smart play. So, this one, yeah, this this is a neat one. Um, it is, at the base of it, just a skirmish fighting each other and trying to blast each other, and the more you blast each other... <laughs> the more renown you get. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Battleship, except that everything's out in the open. Um, because, again, I'm not on a good uh, good <laughs> not, path here. but It's um, not too much like Battleship. Well, it is. It's got, you've got a grid, so that's a similarity with Battleship. You're placing your ships. You're moving, but people don't know where you're moving. So your your movement is hidden until you do it, right? Yes, That's what it you seems use like. Your cards, yeah, your cards are your movement. They can't see your cards; they're face down until you flip them up. So it is. You're kind of, you know, trying to outmaneuver people on the seas. There yes. is. I'm sticking to that. It's like a battleship. Well, they're not submarines. They're on the can, on the surface. You can but. see each other where each other are, and the, but what they're about to do, what maneuver they're about to pull, you don't know until exactly until they do. Um, And so it sounds like you get to, yeah, you get to pick a captain and they all have different abilities and starter cards that come with the captain, um, which give you different things. Yeah. And then you also get to pair that captain with a different ship and each ship has different abilities as well, I believe. So you can. Yeah. So like some, well, they'll have different types of sails. Some might be be faster than others. Some might have more agility. Yeah. Yeah. Agility. I don't know if a ship can have agility, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Sort of. But yeah, and it all takes place on a six by six grid. So it's um, it's kind of a cool board. It's like uh, it does you know look like sort of battleshipy, you know. <laughs> yeah, from, imagine like, that, hey. From the grid perspective, <laughs> and you're moving through that grid, and you're using your cards to do those maneuvers. So you're gonna have a hand of cards, and those cards in your you're gonna play out, and you're only you're gonna be limited to what's in your hand, first of all. So you're not gonna be able to just do everything optimally all the mm-hmm. time, and you're also going to be able to gain cards and start. Uh, building your deck yeah and it's neat it looked like you um to start you're going to be putting ships out to start and you're going to be putting little treasures or islands or shipwrecks or whatever out Mm -hmm. and that's all done by dice so you know you roll 
uh, one dice for yeah. um, the you know the y axis, one for the x axis, whatever. And you you kind of like put it kind of like um, uh, Galaxy Tracker when you're shooting for asteroids and stuff. Right. Yeah. So kind of like that. But it was so that thought that was neat how yeah. you you um, seed out yeah you seed out you rocks seed out. you seed out uh, shipwrecks you seed out yeah all sorts of things just at I random. so every time you play start, it's a different yeah. different board yeah. Um, and then you actually, yeah, you seed out your ship just for at starting point, well. and then yeah. you then you maneuver from there. Mm-hmm. And it looks it looks really really cool. So <laughs> there's a bunch of things here. So th- the cool thing with this particular uh, uh, crowdfunding uh, campaign is that it only has two pledge levels, and it has no yeah no um, stretch goals. Stretch goals. That's because pretty they, cool. They just give you them. Yeah, I like. There are definitely games where you want to have those stretch goals, but sometimes it's kind of like, shouldn't this all just be included in the game anyways? Right. And that's, that's what they've done. That's here. what they've done here, which I appreciate. And they've kept the price kind of, I think, to reflect that, which yeah, is it, nice. It seems that way because um, so there's the quartermaster uh, pledge level, which is the standard retail edition. And so you're going to get the more uh, the components will be on the lower end. Um, you know, they'll be fine. But oh, they'll like, be good. They'll be your car- regular cardboard chips probably and things like that. And yeah, but yeah, they'll just be retail. And then yeah. um, it also comes with every every pledge comes with the uh, sea, monster sea monster expansion. expansion, which we'll talk about shortly, whether or not you get the retail uh, pledge or the deluxe. Mm-hmm. And the, so the standard uh, retail edition is $65 American. And it seems right close to where it should be. It might be a yeah, bit maybe a bit high. high. Yeah, I was thinking too. Um, but I am not sure. It does it does look really good, but it seems I don't know. It seems like it, it should does, be more sixty five yeah. Canadian. Yeah, is what I would. Yeah, I would agree. I do, it, that does seem high. Yeah, so it seems a bit high. However, uh, when you get to the exclusive deluxe edition, it comes with so it adds uh, two new captains. So there's six starting captains i think in the I original remember. game yeah, so i think sure. this adds two more you get uh so you have eight different captains to work with it upgrades everything the upgrades coin tokens to metal coins includes two buildable wooden treasure chests for component storage which, which really look cool. really cool mm-hmm. they look like they're little legit wooden treasure chests yeah. they look really really cool so all your components are upgraded your storage for your components are upgraded it adds more captains more things to the game so you get you get two expansions with this. You get the buried treasure uh, mm. expansion, and of course the sea monster expansion. And this is all a limited run, so this is going to be what it is is what it is. I think I don't think yeah. you're ever going to be able to get this stuff retail. No, but then yeah, and that one is about, is eighty nine US. Yes, that one's eighty nine, which seems uh, still a bit high. It, it does. Seems, seems like that would be more honestly eighty nine Canadian should yeah. be kind of where this would be sitting. So it does seem a bit high, but I'm not sure really. Um, that's just, just at a glance, it seems a little high for the style of game and the, and the I agree. type of game. Yeah. But the sea monster expansion is what I'm really liking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the sea monster expansion gives you a Kraken. Yeah. A wooden Kraken. So it's got his head poking out of the water and four tentacles poking out of the water. And they're all different wooden, um, yeah, it's like it's like five, five wooden pieces. pieces. Yeah. So you've got the, the head as one, and then each tentacle is a different separated wooden piece. Yeah, and I don't you'll, know. You'll probably seed in different um, squares. I'm assuming yeah, different parts part of, the of the grid. Water, yeah. yeah, I don't know how you what the deal is with this, yeah. but you fight and and or avoid a kraken. Yeah, there's also the sea serpent, which is the same kind of deal. It's got the head poking out and then two humps and then which tail. Which actually pretty much looks like the Okapogo. It is. If you're Okopogo. anywhere near uh know the, the, the legend of the Okapogo in the Okanagan here. Okanagan sea. <laughs> it's exactly what serpent. it looks like. It's like Loch Ness's cousin. Yeah. You know, Nessie's cousin. Yeah, you should look it up. Okapogo in uh, Okanagan, Kelowna. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's right here <laughs> in our lake. And then um there's uh, like great white sharks that you can have, and it's just their fins are sticking out of the water, and they look pretty nice. Ba-num. And yeah, then then these buried treasure deluxe expansions uh, just look awesome. With these these wooden chests, look super legit. Like yeah. they look like little, like really nice little chests. They are really nice little chests. No, but like <laughs> I'm bugging you. <laughs> they just look. They look like real. Yeah, they've done a good job on them. Yeah, the detail on them looks really really good. It's got a little keyhole in there. Yeah. And, 
all the different bands and, and planks of wood it looks really really cool yeah so i'm i'm pretty stoked on that and then yeah all the uh all the other stuff gets upgraded to wood and stuff and the 30 metal coins so all your metal well, all your uh, uh cardboard, cardboard coins probably, are yeah. turned to metal coins and look pretty nice they look like gold coins like w- typical treasure treasure pirate so having treasure those coins. in the little treasure chest is going to look pretty cool yeah and your uh your player boards are dual layered boards with a spinning um well, I don't know what it's used for, but you're you the have a spinning. Uh, no, looks it's like, like the actual uh, steering wheel for the oh, right. uh, for the yeah. boat on it. And well, it you also have the looks cannons. Like the cool part. thing with these cannons is you you load your cannons with little actual little cannonballs. Yes. So it's there's little uh, looks like about ten spots for cannonballs you can load onto your cannon, and it's just a little dual layer divot that you can load That's these balls into. That's a neat way of doing it. Yeah, it. it looks really really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. In the game, yeah. Again, there's no stretch goals. So if you want the stretch goals, basically, you're getting the deluxe you get the edition. Deluxe edition. Yep. If you don't want the stretch goals, you just want the, the, the game, uh, the regular game, the regular game, cardboardy style. Go with the uh, standard retail edition. <laughs> we have gone and got the Captain exclusive deluxe edition with all the things because I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I really do. I like the idea of pirate skirmish, just yeah. going out there. Shooting each other because what? How long to say? Forty-five minutes or something? Oh, let me look here. Uh, yeah, forty-five, 45 to 75. seventy-five minutes. And it does play one to five, um, and it says it's best at four. So okay. that's great. That sounds about right. We we generally have four people available at all times. Yeah. For playing games, so um, that's great. Um, looking forward to it. And it says a weight of two, so pretty simple. Pretty, yeah. Right. You're just moving, playing cards, gaining yeah. new cards, picking up treasure. The buried treasure gives you new resources, and then there's a little bit of work. You can placement. upgrade your ship and yeah. things like that. Because in the that one phase where you get to go out onto the different islands and fix your ship, or upgrade your ship, or buy new things, or whatever, just sounds fun. Yep. Um, I love pirates. I yeah. love love pirates. We have um, forgotten waters here on our oh. shelf, which we have not got to yet, and I've been really I want to wanting so bad. To. Yeah. Um. So yeah. <laughs> but that one requires three, and it's a bit of a campaign. That's the hard whatever. one, yeah. it's, a, it's a slightly difficult game to uh, get to the table properly. On a consistent basis yeah, to, to play with one properly. of our sons, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But either way, Seas of Havoc, we're going with that deluxe uh, version, and I'm excited to get it. But yeah, that'll I be a 2023 that, release, so. Yeah, it's just 2023. <laughs> It'll we're, be a we while. It. We will not see it this year, no. Um and that's, you know, when they put down a date like that of 2023, it's like, that makes me afraid, like, it might be 2024. Yeah. Right? So. Although this one doesn't look like, because of the type of game it is, it doesn't look like the production will be crazy. Yeah, I hope not. Because there's no miniatures or anything. It's the yeah, the wooden I, meeples, things like that. Yeah. There's not a lot of plastic. That's right. So, yeah. so there's next to no plastic. Yeah. Um, so that Keeps will Keeps me hopeful. <laughs> yes. Hopefully we'll see this sometime next year. Yeah. That would be great. But I think that brings us to the end of the crowdfunding, and we have a review to do. So we're going to head on over there now. main discussion segment of the episode in which we are going to be doing another meeple dungeon review yes and today we are going to be reviewing a game that was a 2021 for everyone else except for us <laughs> that has showed told up, you I, you're going to be hearing that a yeah, lot <laughs> uh showed up on our doorstep i believe it could have even been january 1st yeah i don't remember but it was right in and around the new year so and we haven't played it we've played it twice now but it uh, We played it once in January and now once in February. And so for us, it is a 2022 game. What game are we talking about, Anna-Marie? We're talking about Steam Watchers, designed by Marc Lagois. Um, art headed, I guess, by a whole slew of artists, but uh, David Demaray. Yeah, there's like eight or yeah. six or eight artists there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, published by Mythic Games. Yes, Steam Watchers. This uh, is a game that we backed on Kickstarter, I want to say, in 20, ooh, maybe early 2020. 
I don't know, whenever it came out. It was a while ago. It was, it's this, been like a long time coming. This is one that if I, I correct me if I'm wrong, and I very well could be. Um, is this the game that Sam Healy left the Dice Tower for to go when he went to work for Mythic Games? I think this is the first game that they were working on. They were working on. on. Not he that he left for this game, but this no. was like... And I remember, I remember at that point you were already excited for this game, just... Yes, because um, you always had uh, aligned a lot with with Sam's Very taste in games so. and almost exclusively like it's. His tastes and my taste yeah, in particular. Blood, blood rage was all the rage. Yes, are very very <laughs> spot on. And when I saw that he went to this, because I didn't know much about Mythic Games at all. Yeah. Until he had left South Florida to move to Washington State across the country. He couldn't yeah. be in a more different area of the United States uh, to work for these guys. Um, so I was like, well, okay, what's what's with Mythic? And then I think one of the first games that they yeah, announced while he started there was this uh, Steam Watchers. And it was a game that looked and sounded like a game I'd be interested in. Yep. And yeah, so it really was. So I can read you a little blurb here from the BGG uh, page on what... Uh, what Steam Watchers is all about. And it says, Steam Watchers unfolds in a frozen Europe, broken by an ice age that followed a brutal wo- water level increase. In those hostile conditions, nomadic clans struggled to survive with a regular and puzzling outbreak of steam columns everywhere on the continent. These columns are the testament to intense subterranean heat sources. They free Earth from the grasp of ice and allow mankind to grow food once again. These oases of heat are vital for survival and, unfortunately, only transient. To make things worse, a strange sickness spreads around them, the bane. It affects both the mind and the body, and to this day, no cure has been found. Handling it is necessary to survival of the clans. Steam Watches is a two-to-five-player game in which you play as the leader of a nomadic clan. You will struggle over the geothermal resources of Europa in scenarios that last from three to six rounds. At the end of the last round of the chosen scenario, the winning clan is the one with the most geothermal resources, which is the steam columns and farms that you build. But a clan can claim victory before the end of the scenario by acquiring ten geothermal resources. Or, well, each scenario is a little bit different than the other. But, yeah, so that is the general theme of what's going on here with steam watchers. Right. Post-apocalyptic... Ice Age world, the water's frozen. You can't, you can't make food. You can't grow anything, and all these pockets of steam are everything. And they just come out of the ground at random, and everyone's yeah. fighting to control them. But you can't be too close to them because of the sickness that they give off. <sighs> yeah, it's a neat, yeah. it's a neat theme. So obviously, when I heard about this game, I was like, "Oh, this sounds cool. It's an area control." thing post-apocalyptic yeah. again this is kind of what we we're talking about earlier right yeah this, with redlands but this is fairly typical but for this that is like the of, area control yeah big on a map kind of thing and it says it's two to five players and we've played with three and five yeah. and it says 90 to 120 minutes which could be accurate uh first once you players played it a, are gonna uh, play it yeah. a couple times yes it's we we went overboard but mind you we were hanging out with people we haven't yeah, seen in a while. So there's whatever, a lot of so. chit-chat. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> so. no, I think that'd be fairly accurate if you'd played this a few times. Yes, um, I agree. So uh, that's the general theme of the game. So let's talk about how Steam Watchers works. So there is quite a bit going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start off by selecting a clan, and there's eight. There's yeah. eight clans that you can pick from, and they're all asymmetrical. They're not too different from each other, but they each have... Anne-Marie's playing with the components on the board here. I just slapped my hand back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Don't want um, that background noise. <laughs> the, uh, so you do you do start with a, uh, selecting a clan. Simply look at it. If you think it looks cool, take it. Yeah, they, it. they pretty much say... I mean, we just kind of set up for everybody ahead of time, but... Um, you know, they, they say the first player chooses their clan, and then it goes, yeah, like, in order. Whatever, but you can pick right? whoever you want. They're but. all good. They're all cool. I just set them up because we all generally play with different... Colors. Specific colors. <laughs> so, like, I would play... Well, there wasn't a red character, so I played with uh, green. green. Um, I typically float between red, purple, purple, and green. Yeah. And then Kurt played yellow, so he played yellow, and Aaron played blue, so he played blue and whatnot. So we just threw them out there at random, more or less. 
And each one of them is different, but not crazy different. Um, they yeah. each have typically like one big difference. Yeah. Um, that allows maybe one of their units to do something different than my my type of that unit yeah. or i can go further than you but it's nothing it's generally nothing crazy and some of the player boards are a little bit different yeah they, um, they which should be limited work in conjunction with that power yeah their player power so yeah. they're, they're, they're they're certainly asymmetrical but nothing too insane like it's not like root where you don't like you play with one uh, faction and then the other one is completely yeah. different right yeah so they're this, not completely they asymmetrical they the have same way. they have a little asymmetrical ability yeah their abilities just kind of differ and their player board yeah. can be slightly different as well but so that's what you do you select your your uh your character and then you're going to seed out the board and the seeding out the board is pretty neat because yeah, you decide like on who's going to go first and you just yeah you select somebody at random and it turned out to be aaron and you get uh this deck of cards which is called the deployment deck and on that deck of cards, uh, it shows you there's six of them. Yeah, six different you're always going to have at least one. You want to have one more than your player count, I believe. Yes. So at a five-player game, we had six cards to choose from. He got to choose out of all six of these cards which spot he wanted to seed out on the board. And it shows a little picture of uh, the map on the card. And then um, three regions. And three regions within that, that, that you can place your yeah. units to start the game. And on the back of your player board, it shows you exactly... Which units you play out to start the game. You have a whole pile of units beside yes. you, but it says you can play out nine of these and two of those and one of those and three of these or whatever. And you can place them out onto that board following some placement rules where you can only have two buildings in an area. And no, no more than five of your own. And clan. five troops. Uh, yeah. Yes. Tribe in there. Troops, yeah. But other than that, you kind of seed them out however you want and you get a couple uh, buildings and turrets and things. And so everyone does this going around the table. Um, and then the game begins. Yeah, so then, like, it passes to the next person. They choose one yeah, of the they, cards. They choose and... one card from the deck, and then the next person chooses a card from the deck and so forth. And everyone seeds yeah. out all their stuff. Then you go on to the Conclave, which is the basically the action selection track yeah. on the game, which uh, chooses your actions and determines player order. So starting with the first player, Aaron, he would throw down his uh, clan marker onto one of for a five-player game, six different spots yeah. that you can go to. Um, there's some that allow you to gain uh, steam cards, which are cards that you'll take into your hand um, and use to uh, determine where steam is going to shoot up out of the yeah. out of the ground. That one's neat, too. You take three cards, three steam cards, you choose one, and you're going to put you're going to play that card you're going to put a, a stack of what it'll tell you how much like one two or three steam because yep. in a stack um you put that where it is you discard that card but you keep the other two steam cards in your hand for later for later because mm -hmm. if you get that action again later on um in another round now you're going to pick up three cards but you have your other two so you're going to have five cards to choose yep. from so you may end up with you know a place that's got steam where you can put it close to you so you can try to to capitalize on it. Yeah, and the steam that we're, we're if you can picture what we're doing here is the steam comes out in, in it's columns. It's like there she blows. Yeah, and it's just a you're big, watching for like <laughs> Yeah. It's a big <laughs> puff of steam kind of like old faithful coming out of the ground. Yeah. And um the they come yeah. out in columns and the they can come out in columns of 1, 2 or 3 high. Yes. And they're just plastic bits that snap together and they just stack them up and you sit them on the table or wherever yeah. that card might dictate. And then that's now a spot that people have their eye on because it's all about getting this steam and harvesting the steam to your uh, to your benefit. So that's the one of the first actions. Then there's another one where um, it has a weird name for it, but we're going to just call it this is basically the boat. So you can take <laughs> yeah. the boat uh, s uh, spot where you get the boat icon, and this allows you to uh, freely move around in one part of the map depending on where you decide to put it. So you say um, it's a boat because you're moving through ice flows. It's an ice boat. Like, yeah. a, you know, it's it skis along the top of the ice, yeah. the frozen oceans. Okay, so this just the gives legate. you... The What a weird... The yeah. legate, yeah. It's, it's probably like, a shipping term of some I sort, suppose, but, but it, I have no idea annoying. what it means. It's just like, call it the ski ship or something, right? But it's the legate, so that's what yeah. it is. But whatever. So you get, if you go to that spot, you get that token and it allows you to freely move around in one area easier. Yes. Uh, if you take you can kind of go to any bordering yeah anything that borders the ice flow because the the map is is cut up into about five or six different kind of areas with these lines and if you play that uh that 
ice boat token in one of the sections. You can move around in one of those sections freely across the ice, yeah, which got, is a big deal. You've got plains, mountains, and ice flows. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, because there's no water, right? you got to yeah. picture this is all frozen. Yeah. And then the next action spot you can go to is the Archon. And this is basically a deck of cards that you do the same thing. You draw three, and you play one, and you keep the other two in your hand. And what these cards are generally going to do is something good for you and sort of annoying for everyone else at the yeah. table. And they have, there's a whole array of them that just, like, give you a good benefit and or give you a really good benefit and everyone else kind of, like, an okay benefit or give you something, like, mediocre and then something bad for everyone else or or it puts out a stipulation but you don't get affected by it yeah, yeah. so it's it's um oh there's our dog um <laughs> um so that's the third thing you can do is take those kind of action cards and the fourth spot is the same as the first one which is just a steam spot where you can draw the three steam cards play one of them and keep two in your hand the fifth spot is uh primus Primus, and it allows you to basically reserve another spot on the Conclave track for next round. Right, so you can choose where you want to go next turn. Yeah, so it's a big hand, and you take this hand token, and you place it over top of, say, the boat icon, the legate, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like a big stop sign hand. It's like, stop, you can't come here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm reserving (laughs) this spot. This is my spot. Yeah. And then um, you also get to play out uh, a soldier when you do that. And then there's the sixth and final spot is again. Oh, I never did that in our last game. You didn't? I never played out a a guy when I had that Primus, and I think I had it. Well, that's too bad. That stinks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's why I lost. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then uh, the sixth spot is another Steam spot. So it's the same, same thing. So once everyone's selected a spot on the board, that determines player order. Yes. And you go through them from one to six. And whoever's got whatever, you do it. So if I went first and I took the steam thing, I'd go down, I'd move my little token uh, to the used spot, and I'd draw my cards and go. And everyone would do their thing all in order. Once everyone's done all those things, we go on to the uh, the order planning phase, which is really cool. So if anyone yes. out there has played uh, Game of Thrones Fantasy Flight game, which is pretty popular... It's a similar style to that, where you have these tokens that you're going to be placing out into areas where you have troops on the board. Right. And those are going to go down face down, and everyone's going to do this. Seed out all these tokens. There's The tokens do are three different things. There's uh, movement tokens, defense tokens, and decoy tokens. And you can place one of those three on... You have to place one of those three on any spot that you have troops. And then everyone, once everyone's seeded those out, they're going to reveal them all. And in player order, again, starting with the Conclave uh, track order, you are going to uh, fire off one of those tokens that you control. If you had a movement one on one of your spots, you simply move uh, troops around. You can move, say you had three troops in one little area and you had a, a movement, you could move all three of those troops to another neighboring spot, or you could move one of them to one place and two to another, or I really whatever. like that about the movement yes. um, in this game. It's really neat how it's not so specific. You can branch out as much as you want, you can stay huddled, yeah. and it's not going to penalize you. Like You don't have to use two action movements. It's just here yeah. you're moving, you're moving your guys from this spot to wherever you want, um, you know, still within, like, in the one sp- adjacent spot. Yeah. Um, and then you also have defense um, tokens, which do in a whole array of things, where you can build a turret if you use it, or you can wait and use it as just a straight-up defensive token. It gives you plus one if someone were to invade you. And there's a whole, and there's also uh, decoy actions, which are literally nothing. But if I put it on this spot here, and you think, oh, man, he's, gonna, he's coming in to invade me for sure. And it was a decoy, just like, ha, right? And then you've planned to defend there where I'm not even going to invade your area, right? So it's just a decoy. It's just for messing with each other. But then also each one of these icons has special versions of them. Mm -hmm. So on your player board. Yeah. On your (laughs) player board, I didn't mention it. um, There's this this stuff called Alga Fuel. And this is, every player board is going to have a different amount of them. The character I played had six uh, regular Alga Fuel and three Toxic? Is that what it was? The contraband? Contraband algal fuel. Yeah. So there's basically red canisters for uh, for bad and green canisters for good. 
they contain the same thing, but using them, um, the green ones, you're always safe. But when you're using the red ones, it kind of hinders you down the line. It's kind of like energy. Like yeah, it's, it's basically what you, energy that you're yeah. able to use to pump up these different tokens to do different things for you. So if you yeah. used an alga fuel um, on a move action, you could do a forced march action, which could make you go further. You yeah. could move your troops up to two spaces, which comes in very handy. Yeah. Um, but that's the only special action for the movement. Then on defense, there's a whole array of them that you can do. There's um, bartering, which allows you to speak with all these um, careeners around the board and allowing you to place out a marker and gain a contract with these people that have these ice boats that you can use them to move around the the board board quickly. Yes. So that allows you to kind of claim an area for the, you've laid down a contract in that area and now you can move freely on the actual ice in that area. Or you can spend one to mobilize, um, which allows you to add troops to the board in wherever you're doing the thing. Or for some characters like mine, I was the Rhinestom, which are pretty cool. Uh, they have the great host ability where I could place out four characters onto the board. So when, um, I'm just going to interject, when you use that special ability, so you're not just doing your regular move or your regular um, defend, there is a token that you have to place. Uh, yes, right. No, I didn't a, mention that. Yeah, there's a special exactly. token that you have to place on your board. Um, typically, when you place your first one, it's free. It yep. doesn't cost anything. Yep. However, if you've placed one already in one turn and you go on your next turn or whatever to place another one, there, it's, there's usually a cost of alga fuel. There yes. is one character we found that doesn't doesn't have a cost for any of those, but there's usually a cost to play those. Um, yeah. Some, yeah, the, usually the first one is free. Yeah. And then, if you, like you said, if you want to do more than one special action in, in a round, yeah. you're paying with the alga fuel to do it. The board resets at the end of the round, so yep. you've you know it's it's going to be available again. But just in that round, when you've got you know however many turns you have, you got to yes. pick and choose when you want to use it, and if you have enough um, exactly. alga fuel. So you go round and round and round doing uh, these actions, moving around, adding troops to the board, um, whatever, all these different things, building turrets and so forth. But then if you ever move into a spot where another clan is, you immediately trigger combat. combat. And it's simple. The combat is very simple. It is. It's, it's fun, actually. I, re- I like to really like the combat in yeah, here. Yeah, straight up, it's unit strength. So every small unit is worth one. Every elite unit is worth two. So that's like a tank, right? If you're defending and you have a turret, it's worth two. Yeah, the turrets, if you're, yeah, if you're the defender and you own that land, the turret in there is working for you and it's providing two um to the uh overall Strength. combat power mm-hmm. and then uh you can also have once that's all been figured out all the when all the base characters on the board have been figured out and you've got calculated i've got four versus your three then you get your little roundel spinning wheel um component which is really really cool kind of x-wing style um and that you get to wager or i should say spend yes. as much alga fuel that you have in your reserves as you want to add one more power per. Yes. Up to a maximum of six. So, so you could have ten alga fuel, but you're only ever going to be able to spend six in a single combat. Yeah. It really um it really makes you manage your alga fuel. Like where do you want to use it? Do I want to use it to like put out one of my special actions? Or do I am I do I know I'm gonna go into a, a combat and I need to make sure I have all of it for my combat? Or do I split it up? It's really it's a good um Hand management. Yes, it is. It's very, very cool because you can go all in and be like, all right, I really want to take this, right? And I've spent all six of my alga fuel, all my green alga fuel, right? All yeah. the, the stuff that doesn't bite me for using yes. it. Um, and I beat you, okay? But now I have none left other than my red... Uh, alga fuel. Alga fuel. Your contraband. Contraband alga fuel. For the rest of the round. So if I have to end up in any more fights anywhere else, I have nothing to use except for the red stuff, which is going to bite me a little bit if I use it, to potentially. And I'll explain how that works. Um, so if you use the red alga fuel, um, you have a little track on your board called the incubation track. And it's generally got uh, five spaces uh, available. Starting with zero up to four, and then a big skull at the top if you go beyond that. And the different player boards may yeah, have like four, board, five, six, yeah, depending on your player. Some are more, some are less. Some have 
uh, worse things. Some have better things. Yeah. Um, but generally, with my board, there was a, a zero, one, two, three, four, and you start with your little peg on the zero. And every time you use a red contraband algal fuel, you have to go up one step on this on this track. Yep. And if you're in the gray, that's fine. So on my board, going to level one, it's gray. Nothing's going to happen. Level two, it's gray. Nothing's going to happen. But the second I get to level three, it triggers a uh, basically a toxic kind of event that yeah. happens here. It's like you're and getting I have to poisoned take, or something. Yeah, I have to take a special token, which is kind of this, yeah, biohazard horrible looking token (laughs) and you have to place it somewhere on your board so your board is dual layer and there are spots to be covered all over it so in your special action selection spots in your alga fuel containment area or in your um i forget what it's called but it's basically the track that tells you how How many many players you can have on the board at a time and you have to cover up thermal track or something yeah something like that geothermal track whatever it is and you have to cover up one of these spots if you hit that permanently for the game. For the rest of the game. And that's ugly. Yeah. It's okay early on. You can be like, okay, I can sacrifice one slot on my geothermal thing because I'm probably not even going to get that high on there anyway. So I'm going to do that. Or you could take away one of your special action spots because, yeah, I've only really ever used one or two in a round anyway. So I'm probably never going to use three. But then, so every time though in the game that you get to one of these levels, you have to cover something, and yep. then it gets out of hand if you yes. start using this a lot. So the red stuff you really want to stay away from. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, but beyond those, if you get beyond, like on mine, if I get past four in a single round, right? there's a skull at the top, and you end up putting your peg in that skull. And what that means is you have to kill off a character from your board. They've, and it's they've not been like, poisoned too much. Yep, and these people are dead. They yes. go over to this special track or the special holding area, um, and they stay there for the rest of the game. They're not available to you. If you're doing battles, when you, you get characters killed, they come back to your supply. Yes. But during this poisoning of the bane, they're gone, and they are not able to be used again for the rest of the game. And for every two characters at the end of the game that you have over in that holding area, you lose a victory point. Yeah. And that's bad news. So that's something you really yeah. have to manage. You don't want to use the red alga fuel unless you're desperate. It's so funny that it's called the Bane because they actually do have a character in here who looks like just like Bane from Batman. Looks like Bane, yeah. <laughs> so it's but, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then when you're in your when you're doing the combat, um, whoever has the highest wins, so, mm-hmm. obviously, and so whoever loses. Loses two characters, they get killed, but they come off to your supply, not over to that holding area. Let's say they get wounded. Yeah, they get basically wounded and they go back to your supply. Yeah. The other characters will retreat into a spot that the defender has, um, an adjacent spot that the defender has other troops. If they don't have an adjacent spot with other troops, they also come off the board and they go back to your supply. And then the whoever did the attacking now owns that con- that area, including any buildings that are there. Yeah. Turrets, farms. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so... So that was if the defender lost. If the attacker lost, they would lose also two, yep. two um, troops. But then if they had any extra troops remaining, they would have to go back to the spot they came from, the yep. spot they attacked from. Yeah, from where they advanced from. Yeah. They'd have to retreat back to that spot. And then the defender, if they have no adjacent... Um, if they have no troops in an adjacent spot, all their troops have to come off the board. Because yes. they have nowhere to go. Yep, they have nowhere to go. Nowhere they're, to retreat to. Yeah. yeah. But again, they're not killed killed. No, they're not like killed. The they're people. just off the board and yes. then you can reseed them later. Yeah. So then that's kind of how the rounds work. You go, you put out your tokens, you reveal all the tokens, you each take an action round and round the table, firing off one of your tokens to do what it's going to do, including combats. You go through doing combats immediately whenever you've yep. invaded. And once that's all done, once everyone's passed at the end of that, you go to a part of the game called the steam subsides. So all the columns, there's going to be a whole whack of steam columns all over the, all over the board. Levels one, two, or three. Yep. They're going to go down. So you're going to subtract one layer from each one of these things. Yep. And if first off, you do all the uh, steam that has no one controlling them. Yeah. And you just knock them down by one and nothing happens. That's fine. Yeah. But then you go through individually 
to any area that you control that has a steam column and you knock it down by one. And every time you're in a, you're controlling an area that has steam that you're uh, getting not, that's getting knocked down, you have to take a hit on your incubation board. Right. So that, that place with where the, the red uh, alga fuel is affecting and making you climb up that track, you climb up one for every place that you control a steam that is being reduced. So if you're still if you're still in the gray after you've climbed up that track with all of your steam that's subsided, you're good. But if you're if you control a lot of areas and you're yeah. going into those um, steamy spots, <laughs> then that's you've, the thing. Yeah. So it's what it's doing here is it's you cannot just run out and control everything because if you do, you're, you're going to lose get troops. Absolutely punished for it. Or not lose troops. You're going to. Um, no, you are going to lose. Well, troops. you will lose troops, but you're also going to have to you're gonna cover lose, up spaces. Yeah, you're going to lose abilities on your yeah. player board left and right. If yeah. you're just spreading yourself out just to control this, this stuff, you have to. You have to make sure that you were controlling twelve of them, and then you could win the game outright. Yeah before the end of the five rounds. But that's just not possible. It just doesn't work Not that, that we've found anyways. No, you don't have the resources. You don't have the people to make this happen. Yeah. Because you're limited on how many people can move. And yeah. Like, you only have a limit of these tokens, right? You can't just make everybody move. No. There's not that many tokens, right? So that doesn't work that way. But yeah, you get... So you really have to manage the steam. Like, you want to get close to it, but maybe not control it this round. Because yeah. if you do control it, you're going up on that track and you're going to start mm-hmm. doing horrible things to your player board and or losing uh, troops for, right. uh, permanently. So once the steam all subsides, um, you look and see uh, you do all that. And then um, if there was one where there was a level one steam that disappeared into the ground, you still do take a Bane yep. uh, hit. But at that moment, you can spend an alga fuel from your reserve. Hopefully you still had one and you didn't use it all for combat. And you can build a farm. Now, it can be red or green. If you use a red, you're going to have to move up up. on that track again. But building the farms is pretty much everything for this game. Because they are the finite and, like, uh, permanent fixtures on the board that are going to be victory points for you. Basically, victory points in this game is referred to as your geothermal level. But for every farm you control, you have a victory point in hand. Yeah. Um, so you want to have these farms. You want to be able to time it so that you are controlling the areas when that final uh, puff of steam goes back down into the ground. And then you and want you to hold the, the control. And then you want to hold it, <laughs> yes. So and you can only ever have two buildings on on a certain s- spot. So you can yeah. only have a farm and a turret or two turrets or two farms. Yeah. And you also have these other contraptions that you can lay down. Um, there's like rig things. That... It's kind of like if you if you move all your troops out of a space that you can that you control, you can put um, your yeah your little tower there to basically say I control this spot. Yeah. However, if somebody else moves into that spot and you're not in they there, just take it. It, it just it leaves. Yeah. But it's it's showing that if you've got a little tower there and a farm and nobody moves in there during that turn and it ends um, with your tower on the farm, then you get the point for it. Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. That's how you're going to build the farms, and that's how you're going to get victory points. At and then the, at the end of the round two, if you have any, um... well, before we get oh, to that, okay. But so once <laughs> once all the steam subside, and you've built farms and you've done all these things, you look to see what each other's geothermal levels are, and you're going to on the track. There's a track from zero to twelve. You're going to find yourself somewhere on that track, and you probably control three farms and. And a couple columns, one with one and one with two, which will give you a total of six. Yeah, so you count up your col- um, your steam, uh, levels of steam, and your uh, farms. Yeah, so if you if you control an area that has a two-level steam, that's worth two points. Uh, one with one is worth is one, and every farm is worth one. And then you find out where you sit on the track. If you did have 12, you just win the game outright, right then and there. Yeah. But that's... Very difficult to pull off. So then you see yourself, okay, well, I moved from four up to six this round. And you that's what you control. And then at the end of the round, yeah, you do a bunch of cleanup in the whiteout phase. And um, you refill your alga fuel reserves. You uh, reset your... Um, bane track? Yeah, the incubation track with yeah. the bane stuff on it. 
And if you you check your geothermal track and wherever you are on your geothermal track um, on the board, yep. it that determines how many players you can, how many troops you can have out on your board. So if you went down in points during that round, um, you may have to just pull troops off your yes. off the board. Yeah, because yeah, on the right hand side of your board, it's, it dictates. Like if uh, if I was sitting at six and I'd place my little ring around the uh, the six spot, it tells me I can have twelve troops on the board. If I had fourteen, I'd have to remove two of them. At this point, yeah. And then also, like you were about to say, yes. there's the different contracts that you had with the uh, careeners. careeners. Um, if you want to maintain those contracts, you have to pay an alga fuel per that you want to keep. And that alga fuel comes after you've reset your board, so yeah. you're all full up again. So you can choose to basically. Um, kind of give yourself uh, a handicap at the beginning yep. so that you, you've got one less alga fuel. Yep. And, um, but you get to keep your contract. Yeah. And uh, once everyone had passed, I, I should have said, you're always, uh, when you're passing during the round, you are picking a new spot on the conclave. Um, right. Track. Yeah. So right. right now at the beginning of the second round, you're going to move the little tracker to the round number two. You're going to go in player order, but it should be quite a bit different than the last round because you whoever passed never, first yeah. is going to pick a new spot on the conclave track first. Um, and the only thing they couldn't take is what whatever was reserved by that hand marker. And you can't go in the same place you were at last time. Right. So you have to choose to, a different to move spot. around and bounce around to different things. Yeah. Now the player order is set for round two, and you're going to do the exact same thing again. Yeah. And you're going to do this five times. Yeah. Unless somebody outright wins it by just blowing everyone out of the water and maintaining uh, a high level of geothermal and that's how the game works yes right so thank you for sticking around we know yes. that was a long one but you did a one. real good job <laughs> but that was as clear as we could make it because there's quite a bit going on yeah but i think that that really covered the and there are also other versions of the game like you can play where you yes. can um which we haven't touched yet but where you can um make alliances and and yes. different things like that so as we play more i'm really excited to try those different yeah, there's, there's a whole whack of different scenarios yeah. you can do. Yeah. Um, kind of like how Onk had a whole bunch of different scenarios. Yeah. So does this. But this is just the base, basic version yes. of the game. So that being said, revisit the theme. Does the theme uh, lend well to this game? I think so. I mean, yeah. it's not like theme's not bursting out of it. Um, the theme, uh, I think it's fine. Well, I think it is. I mean, you've got the you've got the steam. That's yeah. a neat aspect that's added into this game, and they've they've shown it well with um, visually. Like I, you know, when I think about it, like I when I'm playing the game, I am looking at steam, and I'm thinking of steam. It's forefront of my mind. You know, I'm not um, that never gets lost. I'm looking nope. at the steam, and I'm looking at the farms I've made to keep that you know, keep the, the food and everything going. Yeah, I think it, so, the theme works just fine. Yeah, I think it's I think it's done well. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not like an insane uh, punching in the face amount of theme, but <laughs> it's it's there for sure. It's, it, it works really well. And it does feel um, really um, tight and stressful at times. Yeah. Uh, where you're just like, oh, I just really need that. To get over there, and am I able to get over there? And oh, they just built another farm. Like, oh my goodness, they're gonna, I gotta steal those from them or else they're gonna win. Yeah. That style of thing. So, yeah, theme, I think the theme worked really well. That being said, we could talk about the art. I think the art is really good. Um, the, uh, the, the board looks like a frozen world. The board is gorgeous. Yeah. It looks very nice. Yeah. It looks like frozen Europe, really, where the water has come up. You've got <laughs> certain parts of, of Europe are not even uh, uh, visible anymore, and everything's just covered in ice and yeah. snow. You've got you've got mountains, you've got icy plains, and you've got ice. Yep, just straight up ice. Like, yeah, it's the artwork on the player boards is very good. Like, it's very reminiscent reminiscent of Scythe for me. Yeah, um, it is. I would say so too. The art style and the player boards, like, it looks very very scythe um which is a good thing obviously yeah. um, you know it's funny for me aside from the board i didn't really look at art <laughs> like i didn't really look at my player board i was more focused on the the actual board and the like specific parts of my player board not yeah. the art it's it is really nice i just wasn't focused on it um the other things that have art are those the archon cards and honestly, whenever I got them, I don't think I looked at the art. I was just reading, just okay, reading, what does yeah. this do? What does this do? Um, so not to take away from the art, but it, it, it I wasn't just um, focused. Like focused on it. Except, But the board is 
Yeah, gorgeous. the board is gorgeous. Your player boards are gorgeous. And the art is really the nice. The artwork is really, it's really just, nice. It's just, yeah, I was yeah. focused on other things. No, I agree, but it's, the art is fantastic. Um, then we can talk about the components. The components, so the player boards are awesome. They're very nice. Really, really nice. Um, yeah. The, all your minis are really, really nice. They're small. They're pretty well made. They're, they're they got the different sizes quality. and different, yeah. Yeah, the like turrets them. are big, thick plastic things of good quality the little farms are um i think they're fine looking but the white just looked weird to me um just because it's white on white almost like with the yeah, i don't know just it looked like it needed more on the white farms um i don't know what it is about them i'm not really sure they're not my favorite um component i mean they're they're fine i just think they need something on them like yeah a, a different shade or something i'm not sure maybe if they're oil dropped or something they'd look better yeah but the actual minis and all the and the steam looks really cool Yeah, the steam is awesome i really like how they did it clear looks like yeah it looks like steam it's really really good the uh uh the alga fuel canisters are really good yeah yeah i think all the components are fantastic the alga fuel were maybe the most fiddly things because they didn't stick um they didn't fit into a specific spot on your player board because they needed to have the circle it might have i mean the only thing I think that could fix that would be a triple layer, um, <laughs> you know, player board in that yeah. spot. But it didn't hinder it. Like, I was not losing my alga fuel because my board was off to the side. So, I mean, it wasn't a big thing, but that's the only... Um... Yeah. And the little spinning um, oh. wheels of the round L wheels are really, really nice. I wanted to mention that because that... I've had, you know, rondelles or, like... Um, all sorts of games like Marvel Champions. You use these to count your yeah. your health and whatever. I've had these rondelles in lots of games, and this one in particular, of all the ones that I've put together and I've played with, it was the easiest one to put together. It fit together so quickly and mm-hmm. so nicely, and it spins the nicest. I don't have to fight really with nice. it to to spin. It's like I don't feel like I'm going to break it if I'm spinning. Nope. It's just like the production on those was perfect. Yeah. I love it. I agree. And also, we should mention is that everything comes with player trays. It All does. these trays like um they're not game trays, no. but you know what I mean, they're trays. Um, for each player has each their player, own yeah so all your components go in your tray and your uh, tray just has a lid that snaps on and it fits in the box perfectly yeah all the extra components have their own trays too yeah it's really really good um yeah so components are top notch for sure yeah really really good components so that leads us to whether or not we recommend the game and if we do who do we recommend it for so we played this twice yes with so, a three player and a five player you know we have only played it twice. However, it's a longer game. <laughs> it is. And we have tried it with both player counts. And right now it's really hard to get that many people together just with everything that's going on. So we figured, you know, we've got a pretty good handle on the game now. Yep. Um, and understand it pretty well. So we felt comfortable doing this and not having to wait until we could get five people around again. Yeah. Um, so with that note on player count. Player count was... So they're very different experiences. Very different, yeah. Um, so three-player game. Part of the board is actually uh, blocked off. Yeah, you, you take off. can't access yeah. a certain part of the board, um, which is fine. Which That's is, yeah, great. totally fine. But still, at the same rate, the three-player just felt too open. open. Too open, um, yeah. Where you you weren't forced to really interact all that much. Yeah. Um, the combat was few and far between. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you were trying to just build up your own area. Um, exactly. And, where and you couldn't you, get there fast enough. And it, Exactly. And where there's two people um, that were uh, side by side kind of fighting for a certain area, it would leave one person to just kind of sit and do their own thing. Yeah. So they weren't really involved. But the five player game was phenomenally well awesome. done. Because yeah. it was like... You were either on someone's doorstep and someone was on your doorstep the entire game. Yeah. You were constantly in conflict with each other and constantly every time you built something or had something laid down, you're like, man, someone's taking this. Yeah. Like someone's coming for this next round for sure. And you had to really think about what you were doing and be strategic and tactical. And Yeah. Yeah. It just forced everyone into each other's room like 
every round. So you're in two combats probably around everybody, yeah. right? And you're just constantly changing and taking control of different areas and trying to push somebody back. And then there's someone sneaking around in behind you to take yeah. this. It was and that, really good. And the five player, which I really liked, is that it allows you to use the characters, like more of the characters. So mm-hmm. like Brendan, for example, he had this, his player power was that with his, um, not his basic troop, but his upgraded his troop, elite. his elite yep. troop, he could kind of maneuver the ice flows and kind of go like with that one piece, he could go kind of anywhere. So he could sneak in back door like anybody. Yep. And um, that was needed, added that extra element where you're just, where you can do that. Um yep. I mean, yes, he could. We could have played with that with a three-person one as well. But this way, you have you more of the characters in use, and I really liked that because oh, yeah. you also had to keep track of what their individual things were, so you could mm-hmm. try to plan for them. Like, oh, it man. added another element, and I, I, I yeah. do think it was a lot better at the five-player. Yeah, it was. I uh, for me, infinitely better at five-player. I wouldn't play this three-player again. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd try it. With four, but I think I would just reserve this game for a night where there's five people just with how uh, much wanting yeah. to play something that they have, you know, because you know it's just kind of, um, it's not a uh, Rising Sun or a, you know, a, a bigger name game. This is kind of a nice game to have on the pile where a lot of people be like, oh, that looks cool, and they, they maybe they don't know a ton about it or whatever, right? So I just think this is a great a great five player game, one of the better five player experiences I've had in a long time. And I um, like I like the um, the twist on the uh, the area control is that it's for steam. Yeah, like you're not at war; you're trying to yeah. get resources. What I think well, the coolest thing about this game is that it's it's three things: it's area control, resource management. Yeah, like I said, your own board yeah. management and time management yeah. where it's timing is everything in this game whether when you decide to invade on an area that makes the most sense because you want to you want it to work out as best as possible for you because if you just go in and start taking all these steam areas and you're just going to start getting hit with the bane over and over yeah. and over and you're going to start hurting yourself so you got to really time everything out and it's yeah the time management of this timing is everything um which is different than every other area control yeah. game out there, right? Where you can't just go and grab and take everything yeah. and win. You're going to get penalized for that. I am not typically very good at um, area control games. Well, you and were pretty good at this one. You won the first one and the, you were you were on pace to win this one. But that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, I'm not typically very good at these. And I, and I, I wasn't obviously very good at this one, uh, you know, the other day either, but... I didn't feel like I was out of it until like the last I, round, and I was like, ah, nuts. Then I, we had like those two battles, and then someone yeah. else came in and fought me all in like the last round, and so I was engaged the whole time. And then it was just like, man, I didn't care that I really lost. I fully agree. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we all five of us were in it in the last oh, yeah. round. There was two in the forefront, but really I think the it. other three of us. <laughs> Had a chance at this if certain things went yes. a certain way, we could have taken the gotten the win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I really really enjoyed it. So I do recommend it. if you like area control. Yeah. This is a great game. However, do not recommend it for three player. No. Yeah. You want to make sure it's a game you're going to play with more people. Yeah. For I sure. I don't know how four will work. I'm sure it'll be well. Certainly be better than three. But five was great. So if five you want, real good. if you have a crew that likes area control and you're consistently four or five people. Um, I would highly recommend this one because it is yeah. quite a different feel uh, for an area control. It is, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's where we stand on this one. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. So um, did I. It was uh, the experience. It's when we played the three players. Like, I was left wanting, um, but after that five player game, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is the game right here. Yeah. So this is what I was hoping for. Yes. This is what we got. So yeah, that's exactly the experience I was hoping for, and yeah, it delivered. Five player for sure. Three player, yeah, not not super. Yeah, but rarely are they though, right? It's not yeah, like this is the only game that's not with, great with three. With right? three people is typically no. not fantastic. No. So yeah, if you have that crew of four or five that likes area control, I would highly recommend this. I Absolutely, think both of us would. Yep. Um, but that being said, I think that's the end of the episode. Yeah. We're at over an hour here. Holy moly! Well, this was a big one to. It was a lot to talk <laughs> to break about. Down. Yeah. So. 
Uh, that being said, we are going to run. You can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. You can contact us on our email, themeepledungeon at gmail.com with uh, any inquiries or anything you would like to talk about. Requests for games yep. you want us to review. And you can find this podcast on all the major podcasting sites. So, um, I think that's it. We're going to run. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Happy Family Day. Have a great week, bye everyone. Bye.